Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all listening, reading, and enjoying your time at home. Uh, I hope you're making the very best of the, the current situation that we're in. I have a very special guest today. He is Kevin Lawson. He is an Emmy-nominated lighting designer and director at UVLD. Thank you so much for making the time to chat with me today, Kevin. Hi. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure. I mean, you know... Uh, you know, unfortunately, we all have some pretty big gaps in our schedule right now, so it's uh, it's a good time to chat. You know, this is all we got right now is just kind of reaching yeah. out and yeah. uh, talking to our friends and seeing what's how we're, everybody's holding up. Yeah, and that's uh, I mean, you know, the good the good part of this has been that uh, you know we have managed to stay connected uh, with our friends, you know, our our, our work family. Uh, and all the rest of that through things like this and, and uh, you know, the, the video chats and the uh, virtual cocktail hours and, and all the rest of that. So, I, you know, the part of it that would be the most heartbreaking is if you, you know, lose that sense of community because that's, you know, that's why we all all do what we do. It's all why we all love what we love, the people that we, you know, or the people that we get to work with and, and uh, spend time with. And, and so, uh, you know, being cut off from all that would be, uh, horrifying. Yeah, this one is especially tough because I'm in Windsor, Ontario, <laughs> and Kevin's in Detroit or Troy, just outside of Detroit. We can't be more than fifty miles from each other right yeah, now, and right, I, I can't get to you. This would be so much better to hang out over a beer or something like that, yeah. but I just yeah. we can't do it. Not right now. Not they, under the current they, situation. Yeah, they've literally closed our borders. I mean, even if we, you know, even if we wanted to break the quarantine, there's no, uh, yeah, there's there's no way to get to each other right now, short of uh, short of a raft. <laughs> so uh, this might be too much information, but I I do have a, a gig later. Well, in, in theory, I have a gig in in July in Vegas, and I do have my American passport. I don't. I don't know if that's going to matter, though, for me to cross the border if I have to go over to Detroit. I think yeah, I can put my, my, my American flag on my chest and go like, let me in. Right. But I don't know. <laughs> right. I think, you know, I think it's based on where you actually live. And if you have business that you, you know, uh, uh, what's the word, crucial business in, in, mm -hmm. uh, in town or not. Uh, but, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's strange times we live in and uh, for, you know, us to be such a short commute away from each other and and not be able to uh like you said go have a beer is is uh the sad part of you know it's, it's, yeah good 
I think I could convince you that what I do is crucial. I don't know if I could convince the border guard. <laughs> border, that, border, yeah, border patrol, yeah. Border patrol, like, well, well, what do you do? I make lights blink. Okay, why is that crucial? Well, it's like really, really important lights blinking. Sometimes. They change Sometimes. color and right. they move. Yes. But uh, yeah, you could definitely say my job is very important sometimes, and and this is uh, not one of those times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's actually one of the reasons I wanted to reach out to you, is because looking over your website and your resume and knowing your uh, your reputation, you've been behind the console for some really important, crucial, I would even say moments in history and you have to be in a certain mindset to be there for those things and for us to be told right now they're like oh there's there's you're not crucial your right. your job right. is no longer necessary right now uh we know that you are helping bring the world together but we can't do that right now there's right. no live aid there's no charity benefits there's no fundraisers to bring people together to and we're just sitting on the sidelines at one of the most important times in history and it's so new to us how how are you dealing with that it it it's it is completely strange because i mean I'm not quite sure how to say this, but yes, we, we have, you know, I've been lucky enough or not, I don't know, lucky is even the word, but I've, I've been present for a lot of um, benefits and concerts and whatnot to help people through disasters. 121212 uh, for, for the hurricane. Uh, I went to a thing we did, uh, Healing in the Heartland uh for uh oklahoma city for their the bad tornadoes there a few years back all the way back to we did a tsunami aid uh special in in la i'm trying to think that was probably 15 16 years ago i mean just all this uh you know all these fundraisers and uh and traditionally uh music and production television production has managed to raise some money and, and hopefully help out, uh, with, with some of these things. And, uh, and, you know, I've been privileged enough to be, uh, along, uh, at some of those events. And so for me now, uh, to sit and watch really strange concerts with, you know, artists in their, uh, you know, in their living rooms, uh, with, you know, almost zero production value to them. And, you know, sometimes, you know, minus one production value to them. It's kind of, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is, it, it's a little, it's a little sad, but, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll, once we're all up and running again, you know, hopefully we'll have a, you know, a giant, you know, uh, concert, uh, of, you know, celebrating the, the, the end, you know, the passing of this at some point. And, uh, the moving on from this and being able to help out, you know, people who are still struggling from it. But, you know, right now we're part of the, you know, part of that group that, you know, we, uh, you know, our, our community is struggling. And so, yeah, not to be able to participate in, you know, in the small way that we participate in history, um, besides, you know, being one of the statistics, it is, it's a little weird, you know, um, it's, uh, 
you know, it, it, it's an unfortunate uh, byproduct of all this. And, uh, and I think our community, the entertainment community uh, helps, you know, in times like this, they lift spirits and whatnot. And so for it to sort of be cut off at the knees um, has got to, you know, also play a, play a role in, in hurting morale overall. Yeah. When, when everything started happening, I still had a feeling in the back of my head, well, clearly there's still going to be television or clearly there's still going to be even small events or something. And it just one by one things got checked off and I was so optimistic that well, at least like theme parks, like who would, right. who would think that we have to close theme parks? At least there's going to yeah. be theme parks available. And no, one by one, things just kept closing. And now we just get to sit on the side and watch. And I'm, I'm dumbfounded at, at the, the point that. Yeah. Well, and the speed for yeah, us, the speed of, right, exactly. And the speed at which it happened too was, I mean, that's, you know, that that's what's so unnerving about it is, you know, we're all used to going full speed ahead and, you know, we were, you know, plugging along and you heard a few stories you know, on the news and, you know, but you didn't think, oh, okay, you know, it's, it's getting downplayed here, but, uh, you know, I was sta- you know, this is now, uh, nine weeks I was standing in alone, uh, and right before lunchtime, the TD came and, and, uh, and said, we're going to, you know, everything we've done this morning, we're going to put it back in the truck and send everybody home. Um, and, you know, I got on a flight the next day and, uh, you know, have been here since. Um, but, for the entire industry to go from, you know, plugging along full speed ahead and, you know, and, and, and at a really good time in the industry, like, you know, everybody is working to nobody, work, you know, except for, you know, a, a very, very, very small percentage that's working on news or these, you know, these little uh, remote performance things, sending out some lights and talking people through that kind of stuff. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's like whiplash uh, to, to, to stop that, that, that suddenly. Yeah, our industry is so well known for having that that plasticity and that uh, mm. that ability to just change and and maintain. And we're we're always so we're always the first ones to still be doing things because we're so durable. And yeah. nobody would have thought that this is the thing that would bring us down. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, we're just go, go, go. And then, you know, suddenly we just, you know, there's, you know, it's a problem that, that there are no simple solutions to, uh, you know, we can't just, you know, simply change the nature of this. We can't just say, okay, well, we're not going to have audiences for a while because there's, you know, hundreds of people just to make the thing go. Um, you know, to, to, you know, I, I've been watching a lot of, uh, you know, talk about how they're going to bring sporting events back, for example, you know, if you look at the idea of playing a football game, you know, with just the teams and the coaches and just the people that absolutely need to be there, it's probably 200 people. Um, so it, that can't be socially distanced, you know, and it's the same thing with, you know, major concerts and, and, uh, you know, major, uh, you know, like try to do an award show right now or something like that. I mean, I- I've started to think about, you know, the, the near future that, you know, maybe we'll get some, uh, you know, simple stand up comedy shoots, 
you know, back, uh, you know, in a couple of months, uh, where you just have a single talent and, uh, you know, a, enough people spattered, scattered about an audience just to, uh, you know, get some, get some ambient, you know, laughter and energy to the room. But, uh, you know, even then you're talking, you know, hundred people, uh, in a building. And right now, uh, they're not letting you have more than, you know, 10 in some places. So, uh, it's not an easy path back. Yeah, so for anybody who's unfamiliar with Kevin, his uh, his resume is very impressive. He's been around for some, some major events. He's been part of Mandela Day, uh, Live Earth, election night rallies, acceptance speeches. Uh, you've been behind the console for some really tense moments. Do you find that you've had to really hone your pressure skills, your your calmness <laughs> under pressure? I'm a pretty calm guy, I think, to begin with. I mean, at least, you know, I'd assume most, most of the people I work would would agree with that. But there have been a few, uh, and I would say in particular, uh, uh, you know, election night for President Obama, um, where the, the uh, intensity of what was happening, you know, where the, 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 the weight of history actually, you know, played a part of it. And it was more of the line of, Oh my God, don't fuck this up because <laughs> you're going to see these clips, uh, you know, forever. Uh, and you know, uh, Bob Pearson was the lighting designer on that. And we, you know, we had a conversation about like, how do you make this, you know, safe to a point where, you know, it's still, you are serving, uh, you know, the visual of what is needed uh, and, you know, and it's exciting, but you also, you know, just cannot, you know, make a mistake <laughs> um, because it's too, it's too big, you know, it's too, uh, it's too incredible a moment at the time, you know, and that, but that permeates through, you know, everybody, the cameramen, the follow spot operators, the, you know, like everybody has to feel that, uh, that moment, uh, in, you know, that, that this is important and we have to capture it correctly and cleanly, uh, you know, because it's gonna, it, this is going to be a piece of history. Um, and, uh, you know, and that, that night in particular was such a, I mean, it was just a, such a great energy, the crowd and, and all the rest of that. So I think, you know, we were all sort of there to support each other, uh, you know, and excited about, you know, this massive change in history. And, you know, uh, it's resonated deeply with me on a personal, you know, level. And I, uh, you know, just th that was probably the, the most proud and the most frightened I'd ever been running a show. Uh, <laughs> in in a live event if you blow a cue you're gonna disappoint maybe you know a thousand people right. and if you do an arena you're gonna disappoint maybe twenty thousand people but man the televised events like that i mean you're gonna disappoint an entire nation right blow right. a, a well, major cue uh, the world in that in that case i mean that's you know one of the few times you can actually think that you know, most of the world saw either that that live event, that live moment on television, 
or at, at least a, you know, a clip or two from it over the next, you know, few days, uh, you know, every newspaper had a, a photo, you know, I mean, so that was the sort of immense, you know, that, that was what we, we you know, we were fully aware that, you know, that those pictures were going to be everywhere. Um, you know, and then, I mean, there, there's obvious things like, uh, you know, live aid and, and, uh, uh, you know, other, other sort of more, uh, you know, rock concert uh, things that, that lend themselves to um, the feeling of being live events, you know, mm-hmm. that, that they don't have to be as pristine and as precise. Um, and so that, that ratchets down the pressure a little bit, and particularly if it's, you know, if it's something where it's a multi-act thing, where it's three hours long, there's just, I mean, stuff is going to happen. Um, and, you know, and I think what makes us, uh, good, uh, at, and, and brought back for these kind of events is that when things do happen, you just have to, you know, recover quickly and, you know, not let it shake you and, and roll on. Um, but, uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. How do you do that? Let's say you're sitting at the console and you've got your finger on the go button and you know exactly when you have to hit it. You've, you've had many rehearsals, many discussions about when to hit the go button. And it comes down to just controlling one tiny tendon in your tiny little <laughs> finger. And there's just, there's 10 people sitting around you. Cause they've all, you know, everybody has their, their, their uh, spoon in the soup. You know, you got the designer yeah. and the DP and everybody's like, all right, Kevin, just, hit that go button at exactly the right time. I tell you to, or the time that we discussed. And if you don't, we, you're going to ruin this world event. What's, <laughs> what's kind of going through your brain then? You try not to think of it like that, basically. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> one of the things about, uh, about television that will make you a little, make you a little crazy is like, you know, and I, I've, uh, I've given this example to my, my wife when she's come to visit the show that I put my headset on her for a second, you know, if I know I have a couple of minutes before I'm doing anything and just the amount of voices in your head constantly, you know, like, well, you know, if I do a, if I do a show with Alan uh, Brandon, for example, like, you know, so I've got, I've got him on a lighting channel and he's also calling spots. Uh, so he's talking almost constantly. And then, um, you know, and then if I, if, I'm working with, uh, you know, Felix Peralta, the programmer I work with all the time. So we're talking usually on an ISO. There's an assistant director who you have in a, you know, in an ISO listen channel uh, who's making all the counts and, you know, warming up the cameras to go places and all the rest of that. And then you got the director dialed in a little bit just so you can hear if they're complaining about something before they go to Alan, who then, you know, bounces it to you while you're also, you know, uh, scanning through cameras, trying to find your problems. Uh, or going to the LD feed on the router so you could see what Alan's looking at, uh, or, uh, you know, looking on stage or just looking around the room, trying to see where that handheld is or, you know, whatever. So there's this whole sort of crazy amount of input that's coming into your brain anyway, (laughs) that I think in a way it allows you, once you've learned how to, you know, like, I don't know, process all that in your head, um on a constant basis it doesn't really even allow that much room for that kind of pressure like you just have to know as far as lighting 
you know, and, and the internal, you know, your internal time clock and, you know, and how things work and you're, you know, if you're hitting it on a wide shot or you're hitting it on a, you know, a countdown to a particular, you know, shot from the AD or whatever it is, you just sort of get, um, you know, you get programmed for lack of a better word. But I'm pumped. Uh, yeah, exactly. To, to be able to do that. And that's just, that's just part of the gig. And so like, the idea of a cue being more important than others. Yeah. There's times where like somebody wants to do something crazy where we started black and, you know, and you got to, and, and, you know, on, on live TV or something, and you have to, you know, coordinate that opening hit uh, so that, you know, it makes sense. So it doesn't look like a mistake when you come into the room or, you know, or somebody starts in a little special, you know, spotlight and, and, uh, uh, you know, and a backlight, two lights on in the whole place, and then they cut wide real quick, and you, you know, you have suddenly a big, you know, a big room full of people and 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 uh, scenery and all the rest of that as a reveal. You know, those those sort of moments, uh, but usually you rehearse those, and you know, you're just kind of locked into it, and you you hit the button when you're supposed to. And I guess you know, if you don't, then you probably get less work. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably it's probably best to not be thinking about that exact. <laughs> repercussion right. at that moment but exactly he's like oh, well of course do you just have to tell yourself like i'm gonna i'm gonna do it do you have to be optimistic or yeah. do you kind of do you have to be self-critical at those moments you're like you do you have to <laughs> do you pump yourself up or do you try and uh no no I, I just try to you know um i try to we, we try to play uh you know to use another sports analogy we try to play error-free baseball you know so like you you know that things are going to happen and you're going to have to do things at certain times and you're going to assume that you can do all those things um and you know if you can't then you have to figure out a way to make it so you can um wow just don't give up yeah i mean that's you know it, i mean there are times where you are you are essentially set up for failure, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that does happen. You know, yeah. You know, where there's just no rehearsal or no information or, you know, the thing just changes constantly or you just don't, you know, you just don't have the resources that you need to accomplish this thing uh, on the level at which you would like to, um, you know, because we all, we all have a standard we hold ourselves to. And then there's a standard that, others hold us to and and that you know is a sliding scale of whether you know of uh sometimes you know producers or you know whomever that you know the talent all the rest they, they have lower expectations than than you know you know we do sometimes about what what is good you know mm-hmm. <laughs> what is what is good good you know what is good lighting what is you know what are good you know good cues whatever that thing is that keeps you wanting to keep going and painting and you know executing and all the rest of that like you know i can think about shows i've done years ago where i miss some stuff and it still haunts me <laughs> um and i i wish that you know that my brain would be able to let those things go, but you know, it, it just happens. And it's, you know, and none of it was, you know, uh, 
gig ruining or, you know, uh, show stopping or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. But it was just like, oh man, I wish I knew that. Ooh, I, de- I definitely want to get into yeah. that in just a little bit, but uh, while we're yeah. still on the subject, I, I have to ask you, yeah. so when you're the programmer and you're sitting behind the console, especially during televised events, you have so many people in your ears, like you mentioned, you've got the DP in one ear and you've got the designer in another ear. You've got other programmers in your other ear and maybe even a crew chief in uh, are also barking orders in there. Right. Or uh, we're just trying to, we're just trying to fix something. We're trying to reset a light or something. Right. You know, so, so if yeah. everything's going well, everybody's on board, but if the DP and the designer are telling you contradictory things, how do you choose who to listen to at what time? Uh, well, I mean, luckily on most of the shows I work with, there aren't separate DPs. Uh, some of the film style shoots, uh, stand up specials for Netflix and whatnot have DPs, but usually they filter their comments through whoever the LD is. Okay. And ultimately like it depends on who you're, it's certainly when I'm in the programmer seat, you know, you have to be completely aware of why you're there which is the designer you know that's the person that's hiring you and that's the person that's going to hire you on the next show so you know whether it's the uh you know set designer who just sort of you know wanders over because you're buddies and you know and and has a note or something like that or a you know a band ld for one of the you know one of the acts on the show or you know what whoever it is that has a note outside of the LD outside of the lighting designer, um, their opinion matters more. The lighting designers matters more than, you know, anybody else. So you have to at least filter that note through them. You know, like sometimes Mm -hmm. you'll just have a producer come by and say something because you're in the house and they're in the truck. Um, and so you just have to say, okay, well, let me, I'll pass that on to, you know, whoever, whoever the designer is. And that's the same thing with your own, you know, personal ideas too. Like, you know, uh, you know, you may think this wants to be blue, but if they say make it red, that's who you're working for. You know, that there, you know, you can say, well, you know, I think it should be blue because this, and then we're going to go red here. And they may say, oh yeah, that's cool. But if they say make it red, it's red. You know, we, you know, that's, we're there to facilitate for the designers, but as you become, uh, you know, experienced and develop relationships, your, uh, you A, understand their aesthetic, uh, and B, they respect your opinion more, you know, so, and, and you get a lot of latitude, but if you're just working with somebody for the first time, you know, you're not gonna, you know, uh, take everybody else's opinion, but theirs and, you know, weigh the, <laughs> weigh the, uh, consequences or, or, you know, or the, uh, uh priority of how you're going to, you know, how you're going to process those things. You're going to, you know, you're going to listen to the designer and, uh, you know, make whatever you think it is happen for them first. That's a Um, tough phrase for a lot of people to really keep at the top of their tongue and say, Hey, filter that through the designer. Yeah. Yeah. Come up and they're like, Hey, Kev, can you just do this thing? I just need this light focus over here for a little bit. And at any time that you're getting, too minute, too much input. You have to just be able, to like, hey, filter that through the designer. Go talk to right. Go talk right. to Branton. Yeah. Uh, and if if Branton thinks it's important enough for you to move a light over there, then I'll I'll move that light for you. I'm happy to do it. Absolutely. But right now, yeah. that's the guy. 
He tells me what to do. This, this console doesn't do anything that brand doesn't tell me to do. <laughs> and, you know, and that's actually uh, one of the, one of the benefits to being in the programmer chair is that you have that, that filter, uh, that, you know, that, that wall, that protector, uh, right. be, you know, that allows you to sit there and work out the cues and, you know, all the rest of that in the short amount of rehearsal time that you have, because otherwise, if, if you don't, if you just have, you know, all of those people that have all those opinions talking to you while you're trying to write, uh, and, you know, and, and bang things in, in this half an hour band rehearsal or, you know, whatever it is, uh, it's impossible, you know? So that's when you're, you know, when we're in the designer chair, that's a lot of the job is, you know, is that political firewall between producers and acts and, you know, all the rest of that to the people, you know, that, you know, have to, you know, press the buttons and, and make it happen while also, uh, you know, responding to what they're doing. So that's, you know, and so the nice thing is as a programmer um, is that, you know, it's actually for all the, you know, the, the stress of actually having to, you know, put all this stuff in the desk and, and execute all these cues and all the rest of that, we at least have someone at the top who is, you know, uh, you know, taking the, taking the, you know, the slings and arrows from, yeah. from you know, from coming directly at us, you know. Political so, firewall uh, is a great term yeah. that, uh, that, that describes it perfectly. It's, yeah. it's, you're one step away from ultimate responsibility. Uh, right. which, in fact, you can even slide into it occasionally, but then whenever you need to slide back out, you're like, Hey, that's, that's a designer call there. You, right. that's definitely a designer call. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know that that there's 80% of the stuff that somebody would just drive by and give you a note about is stuff that that the designer doesn't care about, you know, mm-hmm. like but it's the, it's that extra 20% that that you know is an important note, but it changes the nature of what you're doing together um that you have to let them, you know, you have to let them make that decision right. uh and and have that conversation. You know. All right. All right. So now going back to what you were talking about, do you have any sort of processes or protocols for how you prevent a small mistake turning into a showstopper? <laughs> is it is it just your experience or have you actually had to hone that craft of preventing a, a minor mistake snowballing into a, a complete lockup? Oh, I mean, excuse me. Yeah, that's about organization, I think, from, you know, on on the sort of base level, like, you know, as soon as you, uh, you know, start working on a show file and all the rest of that, you know, building your palettes out and and, uh, making sure that you have a home for everything that you, you know, that you know what's in the system and, you know, all that sort of homeworky stuff you can do prevents a lot of that just, just, from, from the very start. Uh, and then, you know, you're, then you decide to make, um, well, it's better this way. If, if I'm on a live television show, I make different decisions sometimes than I do if I'm just doing a, um, you know, non-televised event. Um, Interesting. Be- 
Well, just, you know, there are, there are things we have to consider for cameras and all the rest of that. And there are uh, some simplifications to understanding how television works in the sense that uh, if you watch a TV show, most of it is spent in close-up. Um, mm -hmm. You know, probably, you know, in the 90% of, you know, viewing time uh, is spent watching someone's face or a full body shot or something like that. And so your wide shots become, you know, 10 to, if you're lucky, 20, 25% of a, a show. Um, and so that can't be more important than, you know, what it looks like when you push in, when you, you know, when you're looking at somebody from, uh, you know, in a single shot or, you know, double or whatever it is. Um, if, so and, if the crew chief calls in and you needs you to reset a fixture in the audience and you, you miss a, a money shot because you're busy recording, you're busy resetting a fixture. Yeah, we don't, I mean, it, that also comes with experience of working with, you know, the gaffers we work with and the crew chiefs we work with and all the rest of that, like they also, and, and this is why, you know, we, we love the, the people we, you know, we work with all the time because they are listening on the headset and they understand the rhythms of it too. Um, they're not just, you know, firing in, in the middle of, you know, uh, right at the beginning of a, you know, a, a musical number or, uh, you know, or somebody getting up to go walk and get an award or something like that. They're not jumping on the channel and talking mm -hmm. over everybody and saying, you know, I got to reset picture 306 or something, unless, unless it's a fire. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, most of the time, if there's, if there's anything truly dangerous, you know, the really great ones just go and turn off the damn light. And then, you know, <laughs> when, you, when you hit a commercial, <laughs> you know, we all regroup and figure it out. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, I would say that, you know, I hate to use the word safer, but we do make safer choices with live television hmm. uh, as far as making sure that we have, you know, backups of everything, making sure that we are, you know, we are ready to cover if, you know, if one of the follow spots go out or, you know, or the, uh, you know, some of the floor lights don't work because, you know, they got moved for a band change, you know, whatever the, the things are, we try to, try to minimize those problems by uh you know making sure we're well backed up and making sure that we have some options to go to that are uh you know bulletproof uh so, so you're basically relying on forethought and pre-planning to keep to keep you calm in the heat of the moment yeah and you know uh yeah yeah Alan Brand is fond of saying, you know, uh, uh, you know, smart, smart decisions tempered by experience, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we can, we can count the, uh, the things that we, uh, have been burned by, you know, over the years and just, you know, goofy stuff from, uh, 
you know, from the old smoke machines, like, uh, you know, like F-100s or something that, you know, would fire on time or would fire and then not stop or, you know, oh, whatever yeah. that is. So, <laughs> you know, so you can run, you know, if you're doing a rock show, you, you know, and something like that happens, fine, you know, you can, you can move on from it. But if it's, you know, like a, you know, a, a big artist reveal, uh, you know, on a TV thing where you're only going to get a second at it and it can't, keep blowing smoke or, you know, or you'll fill the stage and, you know, ruin the next 10 minutes or something like that. So you fire that piece of equipment and you put on your gear list, don't send us this as a substitute, no matter, you know, no matter what. <laughs> uh, um, that is a rite of passage as a programmer, the yeah. more smoke, more smoke. Why is there no smoke? Where's the so smoke? Much- Oh my God, that's too much smoke. What did you do? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's more often than not, it's because, you know, there's more people in the room. So they turned off the AC, you know, or, or, uh, or turned on the extractors or, you know, whatever, uh, wind shift happened if you're outside. I mean, you know, outside, everybody's used to the idea that, you know, there'll be smoke and then there won't be an RSF. But when you're in the building and the haze is perfect for days, uh, and then you get to the show time and, you know, and it's a new shift change and somebody hits the, you know, hits the blowers and all your smoke is out on the loading dock. Um, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a definite rite of passage. Yeah. So you had also mentioned that you are sometimes in the designer role, sometimes director, but uh, it sounds like mostly you're doing programmer stuff these days. Oh, yeah. When do you have to just put your, your designer ego away and just focus on exactly what your designer wants at the time? Because I know you ha- as programmers, we have our own preferences. Mm-hmm. And, and 90% of the time, you know, after a certain experience level, we can just keep going and we can do songs and then we just sign off to the designer. Like, and they'll be like, yeah, that's exactly what I had in mind. Yes, yes. And then every once in a while they'd be like, no, well, what yeah, were you thinking that, there? That right. is not what I asked for. And you're like, oh, I think it looks great. And they're like, I don't. And, right. Well, uh, and that's, that's part of the gig. You know, you, at that moment you stop and no matter what else is going on and you work out, you know, whatever it is that they would like to do better. Um, and, and that's just that again, you know, we get to, you know, do great stuff and play with fun toys and, and, you know, paint with broad colors and, and, you know, we get to have fun when we're programming, uh, except in those moments when we, you know, don't. <laughs> and in those moments you have to just, you know, buckle down and, and, you know, listen, you have to listen. You always have yeah. to listen to what they're saying. Uh, and, you know, and if, if they want to, you know, do something different, you do it because, you know, it's not, you know, it's our show, but really it's, you know, it's their name. It's, you know, they're at the, at the top and, and ultimately they're going to, uh, you know, they're going to bear responsibility for, you know, whatever knucklehead choices, you know, we, we make. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great way to put it. It's our show, but it's their name. It doesn't matter how great of a show you make it look They're It's still their name going to be on it. Right. But if you make it a terrible show, it's still going to be their name it's on still it. Their, it's still their name, you know, and, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so, uh, you know, and, you know, and, and this goes back to the, uh, you know, the, the, the political firewall. I mean, I don't know any designers and I don't want to know any designers who in an instant, like, you know, where something went wrong, 
would uh, throw their programmers under the bus. You know, that's just because then that ruins, you know, the trust on, on both sides, you know, mistakes happen. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, we just, there are times where, you know, something just doesn't work right. And again, you know, it goes back to the idea. Sometimes we're just set up, you know, to, to fail or to not, you know, have as good a product as we, as we'd like. And it would be, but our job is to sit there and, and work as hard as we can to, to do the best we can. And if that effort was met with, you know, uh, you know, I would have had a great show, except this, you know, the programmer fucked me up for, you know, whatever. (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, that would be, that would be sort of the ultimate betrayal. And I, you know, and I don't know, I don't know anybody that works like that, you know, and I, and again, I wouldn't want to know anybody that works like that because that's just, that's just horrible. (laughs) Like that's, that just flies in, you know, uh, you know, there's, you know, I mean, there's no, there's no rules or code or any of it, but there's just, you know, assumptions that we make that we're going to be treated like human beings and we're going to treat others like human beings. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and then, you know, as you get to, uh, you know, relax into roles with people and have, you have more and more of a good time and, you know, and, and so there's, you know, uh, you know, symbiotic relationship between, you know, uh, programmers and designers and, you know, gaffers and, you know, and everybody like, you know, that works together a lot. And so, you know, you just have to have trust on all levels. It's part of our job to take some real pie in the sky ideas from designers and like translate them into something that the lights can actually do in reality. Right. Do you ever find that sometimes they're, they just keep asking you for things that just can't be done or do you feel like they're being overly perfectionist? No, I think what, what happens with, with them and, you know, and me and all, probably all of us is there are times where we're just not, we're fishing, you know, we're trying to find, you know, that thing that makes it great, you know, mm. um, and we're, you know, and you're just, so, you know, whatever it is, is a piece of scenery or, you know, uh, uh, just an, you know, aerial focus for, you know, beams or, you know, whatever it is uh, that just, you know, adds that, you know, that special sauce on it to make it, you know, to make it look like you want it to look. Um, and, you know, and sometimes that requires, you know, well, let's, let's look at a different gobo on it. Not that one, not that one. Let's try a different color. Let's hit this thing from a different angle. Let's, move that floor light, you know, so that, it, you know, it becomes a whole team effort. Like, you know, you'll just, you know, go up there with a LED strip light and you have to, you know, move it around to see because you're getting some weird bounce off of, you know, some camera, you know, uh, uh, in a weird cross shot or something like that, you know? And so that's really where, you know, we all kind of, you know, roll up our sleeves and, and figure this stuff out together. And, and, and so, you know, again, when you're in that designer chair or you're, you know, listening to that designer, that's ultimately you have to make them happy with whatever that thing is. And so if you had to stop, you know, for five minutes and, and screw around with something like that, then, you know, that's just what you're going to do. That's what you're doing right now. <laughs> so, and then you, you know, you try to make up whatever that time is later, or, you know, what's awesome about that is if you all take a minute and you look at it, you, you come up with something 
you know, better than you would have had if you had just kept plugging along. Um, so you have to be able to step back and realize that you just gave up a pretty good idea for an even better idea. Exactly. You know, and that's, it, it's all, I mean, I come from, you know, theater way back and we all, you know, have that, that, you know, that whole, you know, collaboration. Yeah. That's what they, they, uh, smack India in, in, uh, uh, theater schools and, and, uh, all the rest of that is it's, you know, it's all it's a big collaborative effort and, you know, all the rest of that. And, and that's, that's what it is. It's, you know, it's teamwork and it's, it may not, you know, always be completely everybody at the building working in the same, you know, same direction all the time. Uh, but most of the time that's what we're, you know, what we're all doing. We're all trying to make this thing happen or we're trying to make this thing be spectacular. Um, hey, you kind of have to just put your, your own opinion and your own beliefs aside and say, well, I'm regardless of my, what my thoughts are about your idea or your beliefs, I'm going to just put mine aside and I'm going to do what you're asking me to do. You know, because for money, basically, I mean, we're corporate artists at the end of the day. Right. Well, and, and also just because, you know, how do I know that my idea is the best idea, you know? Uh, and this is how you learn. This is how I learn as a programmer is I, you know, I work with a, with a bunch of different designers and with a bunch of other programmers and everybody I work with, I pick up something, you know, new and incredible from, you know, because we all see things a little bit differently. Um, and, you know, it would be, uh, you know, the utmost of, you know, arrogance <laughs> to think you know well that's a stupid idea i'm not going to do that <laughs> right you know i mean yes there are th times where you, you have to tell them i don't have i don't have a light that will do that right now you know or we'll, <laughs> we'll you know or we'll hit you know we'll hit that from that angle or we don't you know we don't have that position or you know can, I, mm -hmm. can we try this you know uh and you you know you just you just fish um along with them because you're you're trying to get you're trying to understand what they're seeing and trying to make that happen you know in a in a timely fashion where they don't get frustrated you know at mm -hmm. you're you know well you're not listening to me you know? <laughs> that's the worst thing you want to <laughs> you want to hear from a designer and you know in your programming is you're not listening to me it's like no, I am listening. To you. I just don't understand, you know. So you you want to uh, you you don't want to you know be you don't want to feel like that. That's a bad. That's a you right. know that's a that's a bad feeling. That's a bad moment. You want to uh, uh, feel like you are uh, facilitating and you're keeping you're keeping the ball rolling. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, you know because yeah, most of the time, most of the designers are just willing to let you you know let you go go, go, go. And then, you know, they, you know, I talk about, you know, we had, there's builders and there's editors. I mean, most of the time, because of the time constraints on the shows that I work on there, we have editors, you know, like where they expect you to get to a certain place and keep plugging along and they're going to make changes because they've given you the tools already. They've, you know, they have put the lights where they think they should go. Uh, and, you know, to accomplish all these tasks, um, and they expect you to be able to, you know, do that focus and, you know, right. get, get options and, you know, make sure, you know, you, you, you know, where everything is and all the rest of that. So you can just keep firing ahead, but, uh, you know, and then every now and then you'll work on a show with a, you know, with a builder, uh, who wants to like, you know, Hey, let's, you know, all right, we're going to look at this look and let's, let's, you know, punch through this and 
you know, so, and try that. And, you know, and as, so. as corporate artists, we're always looking to work for the best designers, the yeah. ones that we enjoy the most. But at the same time, we can only put up with so much. I mean, you both, we, both of us are seem like pretty chill guys, but have you ever had a designer who, and without naming any names, have you ever had people who's like, I don't care to work for you anymore. You're, you're asking too much. Are you, you're kind of crossing barriers here. Do you- yeah, and it, it, very seldomly. And it's more along the lines of the respect thing. Like, you know, I seldomly raise my voice to anybody, you know, at work. Um, and, you know, and so I just, I don't need to be yelled at to, uh, to hear you, <laughs> to understand you, you know, uh, you don't have, you know, I, I, I'm not, not paying attention to you. I'm processing your, your notes and the order in which they're given. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, there've been times where, yeah, there's there, you know, and, it, and it's for whatever reason that it is. And again, you know, being on the front end of that, uh, you know, everybody yelling at, you know, at you in a truck or all the rest of that sort of thing. And then filtering that down, that's a, that's a tough job to not take that anxiety, uh, and transfer it, you know, to the people under, underneath you. Um, and so, you know, we all have moments where we blow up and all the rest of that, but yeah, you just don't want it to define, you know, the relationship. Uh, and if you feel like it's, you know, like any abusive relationship, you don't have to be in it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, find, find somebody else, <laughs> you know, it, it just, um, I enjoy what I do and I enjoy getting paid for what I do, but I don't, you know, there's a point where it's, it's so not fun that you, uh, want to escape from it. And if so, then, then you just don't do it. You know, that is a great segue in the next point of this podcast is you've been a part of some major historical events that you did want to be a part of but you've also been a but you've also been behind the console for some major world events that you didn't want to be a part of i'm sure you got paid equally the same for the ones that you did want to be a part of and the ones you didn't want to be a part of but that's another thing that we have to do is we have to kind of put our our beliefs aside again and say like well you're going to pay me to go do a trump speech or something Something, (laughs) right right oh i I, I'll I'll take a paycheck from from either one, depending regardless of political affiliation. Are, yeah. are you finding the same thing? Same uh, if finding yourself in the same place? It's it's a tough. Uh, yeah, it's a tough question. I was uh, my wife and I were talking about something similar just just a just a couple of days ago because. Uh, you know, we're here in campaign season and uh, ordinarily this would be a, uh, you know, there would just be events and all the rest of that everywhere. Um, and uh, we were sort of contemplating what would happen if, you know, as we come out of this period where there's no work, one of the first things you were offered was, you know, God forbid, a Trump rally <laughs> or, you know, a Trump uh, campaign event, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, would you take it, you know? Um, and and we were framing it around, the, you know, around this particular situation in the sense that, uh, you know, there's all, there's extra worries right now because 
of uh, the virus and that oh, a lot of, yeah, a lot of those folks that go to those rallies and the people that, you know, at the top who are in charge of those things are actively fighting social distancing and protection and all the rest of it. And so I just, you know, I, I said, you know, the amazing thing will be that, you know, like, let's say, you know, in August or something like that, you know, well, there aren't seas coming up or, you know, that, that kind of thing. Like you got to figure that they are probably not going to want to want all of the, all of their delegates to be wearing masks. So suddenly you're in a, an arena full of, you know, all these people who are not socially distancing uh, and, and are making a political statement about not being protective. And yeah, that's a tough decision. Yeah, right. And in addition, may actually become hostile if you decide to wear a mask in front of house, right? You know, because that's, there's already been a lot of cases where people have gotten, you know, really oh, there's a lot of angry. layers to that decision there. Right. There are so many layers. Right. And so it's, you know, it's a very complex question, right, particularly right now in this piece of history. So, so given all that, I would say, yeah, no, <laughs> no, I have no interest in, you know, in that kind of show right now, but all right. So let's take the virus thing out of the, out of the okay. equation. Right. Like that's you, a whole nother conversation. Yeah, it's a whole layer of, yeah. The whole layer that <laughs> right. the whole other podcast of that layer. Right. Yeah. Uh, so if you take the virus out of the consideration, do you feel comfortable working with people that, you would ordinarily not have the same right. you know, major so, political views or, you know, or even like, I mean, I do, you know, I work in, or in corporate events and I've done pharmaceutical uh, conventions, you know, and uh, they're not all, you know, nice people and nice drugs and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, in those cases, I've absolutely just, you know, uh, you know, it's a job and you take their money. Right. Um, you know, multi-level marketing stuff, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff, you know, it, it's, uh, unfortunately, you know, the, the freelance corporate, uh, Raider nation, you know, uh, nature of our business, uh, there are times where we just have to, uh, you know, they're going to give that money to somebody. <laughs> right. Uh, so there, there's so. really small ones. Like I'm a, let's say I'm a 49ers fan. And right. I get hired to go do a uh, Raiders event. Yeah. That's, that's not a big deal. You're going to be able to just kind of smile it off and like, and then I'm going to wear a hoodie with a 49ers t-shirt right. underneath it. Exactly. Or, you know, or just boldly sit up there. Like I did a NFL kickoff last year and it was in Chicago and I wore my Detroit lions hat, you know, we're not, we're, you know, it's not a scary rivalry, but we have a little rivalry and uh, you know, and some people would go buy a boomy. It was great. Uh, but, uh, you know, or, you know, years ago I did some, you know, corporate, uh, concerts for Microsoft and, uh, you know, everybody in front of house has, um, you know, apples have MacBook pros. And so they just gave us stickers to put over the apples. That's <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like, you know, it's just part of the business and part of the, you know, part of the show, but, right. uh, yeah, yeah. It, it gets harder when you start delving into, more you know more extreme uh examples like um 
yeah, the, you know, the Trump thing is a good example because that, that brings along a certain amount of really negative feedback from the people at the events for, you know, particularly for people, you know, that look like me. I mean, I'm, I'm African-American and I would, I would be uncomfortable in a, you know, in a crowd like that, you know, it's just, that's just the reality of it. It's, you know, it's, um, yeah, that's a very real concern. Uh, whether it's the media telling us that it is a concern or if it's a genuine concern, it is something that is happening and we, there's video right. evidence of it. And even if you're comfortable, you still have to explain it to your wife and your kids. Yep. Or, or, I'm sorry, your, your cats. <laughs> hey, okay it, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go do a, a gig that I don't necessarily believe in the message. But daddy needs a paycheck. Right, so. right, right. That's the thing. Yeah. Is that, you know, uh, you have to be able to justify it to yourself first um, and then figure out if it's, if it's too much to be able to, you know, justify it to anybody else. I mean, no, you know, no one is going to, my mom's not going to disown me uh, if I you know, <laughs> go work for a Republican, but you know, I, she would just assume I work for a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, <laughs> um, you know, so we don't have to make these choices very often. Uh, but, you know, we, we've had this, this conversation, too. And, and it's it's uh, well, even when when Trump was being inaugurated, uh, there was, you know, a possibility that an act I've worked with quite often was going to play it where they were asked to play it. And luckily they made the decision to not do it. <laughs> Okay. So then, so then I didn't have to make a decision about whether I wanted to do it or not. But you know, that's at the front end of all this, and we wouldn't have known exactly where it was all going to go. But right now, I feel like you know, yeah, even without the you know, without the implications of a virus or something like that, I just wouldn't want to do anything to help him get reelected. <laughs> so. so, here, here's this is we'll take this even one more level up. All right. When I think of like Jack the Baker, who, who. Uh, wouldn't sell his uh, cake decorated the way that a homosexual couple did how the way, the way they wanted it for their wedding ceremony. Mm-hmm. When he denied them that I felt like that was discriminatory. But now when I think of the band that uh, will, that you said you work for who rejected playing at a Trump concert, were they discriminatory or were they <laughs> just being wise businessmen? I, or business people. I, I don't know where the line right, right. exists exactly because my, my left leaning self totally aligns with the, the homosexual couple that were denied a, a cake, but the artistic side of myself and the corporate artist in me completely sides with Jack saying, no, I, my art doesn't lend itself to that message. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And, Depending on which day and which angle you come from, or you ask me about it, I, I switch sides on that story. Do you see it in a similar way? Do you see that yeah, you have I, the right to turn down anybody for any reason? 
Yeah, I mean, well, obviously we do. We're freelancers, you know. Right. Um, you know, it's hard to use the the you you know ubiquitous excuse of you know well, I'm busy <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, but you know, yeah. You can... <laughs> Somebody's gonna call you a liar for right. sure. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're but, not. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can you, you can you can make that argument either way. It, it is hard to uh, to know the lines of your own, you know, I don't know, your own principles in certain situations. Like, you know, it's hard, it's hard to get past the current events, but so I'm going to make another example, you know, for now. But, you know, there are people that work pay, pay, paycheck to paycheck, and I'm, I'm lucky enough that I, you know, I make a little more than that. I, you know, I got on a little bank, and the timing was kind of okay, and, you know, and there's going to be unemployment and a little bit of government help and all the rest of that. So, you know, so we're we're okay for, uh, and you know, cost of living is low in Michigan. <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. So we're we're okay. We can we can get by for a while. You know, um, but there's going to be a point where it's not. You know, it's not going to be okay. Where you know the 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 rent's going to be coming up, and and there, there's going to be no money. And then at that moment, we do what we have to do. You know, whatever it is. You know, uh, inside the industry or outside the industry, you just gotta. You know, you you just have to do. You know it. So there's a point where your your principles uh, will have to, you know, relax. Suspe- yeah, relax, uh, suspended yeah. for uh, to make a living. Um, but you hope that you're not put into those kind of positions too often. You know, um, I think that. Uh, well, you know, I look I look back at the election nights I worked on. I'm sure there were people uh that worked on them that you know had voted for mccain or or romney uh, mm-hmm. so yeah yeah luckily i i've made it very clear in my business that i'm a i'm a whore i uh <laughs> i'll work for that money if right right <laughs> You know, I, I hope that I've made it clear to a lot of my clients, like, yes, if you need somebody to just close their eyes and do and hit lights for anybody, like I'll be there. But man, even something like a, like a Richard Spencer or something like that, I don't, I, I would hope that I could just say, you know, I'm busy or I've got another gig at that time, but right, that, that would well, be a I, tough one for me. Yeah. And, and if you could, you could get it down to even a more simple thing, like, we all like music we don't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're lucky enough to be attached to a band and they work, you know, full time, you know, your whole career uh, and you love their music, then, you know, my goodness, you've, you've won the, you know, you've hit the lottery. But, you know, we've all uh, had, you know, those moments where there's acts on shows where we just, you know, you're just like, oh, why? You know, I don't. I don't get this at all. <laughs> Why do people like this? <laughs> um, and you know, but you still, you know, you make them, you make like cues for them, and you, you know, try to make them look good, and you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's uh, that's great. That's great ending advice right there. Just yeah, just make people look good, right. regardless of your your age, your sex, your gender, your, your color, your country of origin. Just just make people look good and, and keep your mouth fucking shut. <laughs> Right. That's ultimately what we're, you know, what we're there for a lot of the time is that, you know, we're there to make, yeah, to make whoever they are uh, look fantastic, particularly on television. You know, we're supposed to make them look phenomenal. We make, you know, even if you're 
you know, brand new, and this is your first time on TV, you were supposed to make it look like giant rock stars. Um, so that's, you know, it's uh, what you do. Right on. Well, thank you so much for making the time to sit yeah. and chat with me, Kevin. This is great. We went completely off topic there, but it was totally, <laughs> totally worth having a great conversation with you. I, I loved where that went. That was, that was a really interesting chat. I look forward to hearing some feedback. I'm sure there's going to be some people who have some opinions on what we just talked about. Mail me some poop or something. You can. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, friends. This is a pleasure.